All right, it's Wednesday. Lots to cover tonight. Seismic shifts in the fantasy landscape. How much should you be bidding on Dion Jackson Plus? Our co-managers from the Ship Chase Yacht Club swing by later to review one of our FFPC main event teams all tonight on Ship Chasing. Play the clip. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> This is what? This is what I'm hot. Anita hand, hand job. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you <laughs> kidding me? Darius Tony? You can't handle the heat. He looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. How's it going? <laughs> the funny you're still what you, gets what you, me. You, the, the intro still gets you? Yeah, it still gets me. It's still good. <laughs> I mean, that is, I, I have people like uh, the, the my DFS intro too. And I always worry, like I personally start to get bored with the same intro over and over, but people seem to just like the same thing every single time. So I'm like, hey, that makes my life easier if I don't have to update it. Well, it'd be like one of those things that like, could be like a season, you know, like maybe next yeah. year, next spring, we could do like a new, like a brand new one, roll it for a year. But I like, I kind of, you forget, like, you're like, oh yeah, that cliff really tickled me this time. I don't know if you'll ever be able to get me to remove the Sean saying, I guess we're finally piss boys. I mean, that that just has to be the bedrock, I think, of any video. <laughs> I, mean, I think the only way is that we get Sean to say that we're piss boys in an even more interesting way. <laughs> well, to do it again. Actually, maybe the fantasy landscape will be so different next year during <laughs> drafting season and we're forced to draft running backs all the time that we'll just even have to ditch the piss boy line. Guess we're finally together. robust bros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would actually probably get be even harder to get Shad to say. Uh, yeah, Guess we're just vomiting green now. <laughs> <laughs> Next year is going to be a fun landscape. Yeah. And I, I still think we have plenty of recency bias to kind of carry into the offseason. But if if the season were to stop right now and we were to start drafting for next year right now, it would uh, it would be a shit show in those drafting streets for sure. Well, I mean, I think you'd still have Travis Etienne would go super, super high. Brees Hall would go super, super high. I think you'd still have some some early round running backs for sure. I guess that's a good point. I mean, we did have a bit of an elite running back renaissance this past week. Henry goes nuts. Camara, uh, EMC Camara has his renaissance. Is is Camara back? Like I was worried about his yeah. explosive plays, and he looked pretty damn explosive on Sunday. I think he's back. I mean, Andy Dalton, it's perfect. He's checking down to him all the time. They're like a run first team, but the they're passing enough to the running back. You know, they've got Chris Olave stretching the field. Chris Olave is like sneaky awesome for Camara, right? Like he's a field stretcher, commands targets. So there's like you know like the offense is working at levels. I think it's I think he's pretty well set up. Yeah, yeah. Gretch, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm still housing my dinner. All right, yeah, Camara, 10, uh, 10 high-value high touches the last two weeks. Hadn't had more than six in any of his first four games. Like He wasn't really getting the work. He didn't have a single green zone touch in his first four games. Has four in the last couple weeks. And he scored wow. from distance this last week. I mean, he looked great. And everything. And like, who's stealing touches from him now? Mark Ingram, what, is going right. to be on IR? Taysom Hill is like the only guy. <laughs> And even where, the Taysom Hill slappies have been a little quiet these past few weeks. Where are, where are all the victory lappers these days? He's not I mean, just call him by name. <laughs> just, just He's still him involved, though. They, they brought in Taysom Hill for a fourth down to, to 
like do the hard count to get the opposing team to jump off sides. Like <laughs> Taysom, Taysom Hill's your hard count guy. <laughs> like I thought, I thought Andy Dalton could handle the hard count. <laughs> um, Real quick, as uh, Weston's setting me up for a much-needed plug here, Stat Chasing was dope this week. Uh, as always, make sure you guys are checking that out. I watched it this morning. Uh, Drico and Sam doing an awesome job there. Charts on charts on charts, breaking down the trade deadline. It is live for YouTube members every Tuesday night around 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and then we post it everywhere the next day. So make sure you guys are checking that out. It is really the best way to get yourself primed for waivers, for trades, for the DFS week. Um, really great stuff from those guys. Um, what were, uh, you know, I've, I know you guys have done uh, some content post-trade deadline here. Were there any sneaky things you guys thought for for fantasy, anything particularly big that could change the landscape in a in a way that we didn't necessarily see coming i think jeff wilson was a yeah was a big one i think he was like the biggest of the guys that moved i think he was sort of the biggest winner he's been really effective this year in the last couple years with san francisco he knows the system a lot like most are coming over i think one of the things with most really taking over that backfield that's gone overlooked is that chase evans has just like sucked he's been really bad yeah, he's like in every way. Like he's been a poor Those runner. Miles, Miles Gaskin was a healthy scratch last week too. Yeah, Edmonds had a had a a really uh, bad drop in the end zone a couple weeks ago. Like right off his hands, completely wide open. Like he just wasn't. I mean, I'm not saying he sucks. I'm saying he has played very, very bad. Like he's played like he sucks. Saying he's yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I like I'm just saying like he could be better going forward, but he has played incredible like as bad as you can play. It's it's almost like <laughs> shocking how bad he's played. Which yeah. my point being, Mostert takes over the whole backfield. Might not really have been their plan with Mostert. It might have been more to do with Edmonds and this trade with Wilson. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they're in a 50-50 pretty quick. That's what they kind of came out with with Edmonds and Mostert to start. Mostert pretty quickly became the lead and then became the pretty strong lead. I don't know that he's like a locked in workhorse, you know, like he's not like a super healthy guy either. And if he ends up getting hurt, then Wilson could potentially be the workhorse. So I don't think uh, he needs to get hurt. Good off. I mean, they didn't plan for him to be the starter, right? Like Edmonds sucking was not the plan. They paid him a decent amount of money. Um, Mostert's an older guy. He hasn't been that great. You mentioned Jeff Wilson being really good. He's ninth in uh, NFL next gen's rush yards over expected per attempt. Probably my favorite rushing metric of all of them. And, yeah, I mean, he's just ahead of Aaron Jones. Like, he's been good. He's been pretty good. Um, and Mostert's been, like, he hasn't been terrible. Edmonds has been terrible in this. But uh, Mostert has been kind of, like, below average. So, I could see him taking who, the backfield. I think it's possible. Who do you guys think is the better pass catcher between Mostert and Jeff Wilson? Probably Mostert. Yeah. He was Jeff a better pass catcher when they were in the backfield together in San Francisco. Yeah. He, he did some stuff out of the backfield, and Wilson wasn't really doing much. Maybe that's how it shakes out. Maybe it's like 60% yeah. of snaps Wilson, most are mixing in on passing downs. Yeah, I do think it I do think it's interesting. It, and it's I don't think you can say with supreme confidence that this is just blast off for Raheem Moster. I do agree with that. It's hard to know how much of it was, you know, him being impressed with Moster or just not liking what they've seen. From Edmonds, it'll be really. I think it's bad for Mostert. It has to be for I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. His backup just went from a guy who's playing terrible and basically getting benched to a guy that is playing well and knows the system. 
right? I mean, it, it's definitely yeah. a net negative. Mostert's been good, but I mean, he hasn't been like amazing. He's been good. No, no, he's yeah. he's pretty low in the rush yards are expected per attempt metric. Uh, I don't know. They never put the numbers. So you have to like literally count, but it looks like he's <clears throat> looks like he's around like thirty sixth or something. And uh, and it, Wilson's ninth. And I guess like there haven't even been a ton of receptions to go around in that offense to running backs because the way that they're doing that offense with Tua getting the ball out so quick to Tyreek and Waddle, it just doesn't seem like you're getting like the checkdowns that a lot of offenses have. It's Billsian, right? And it's like they they're doing more efficient stuff, so they're never having to utilize the running back. Like, I mean, maybe this week. They will they'll lean on the run a little bit more. Um, but they're just matchup based. But like I like you know, Jeff Wilson's probably gonna be up to speed this week. So this might be kind of your like your last like hurrah with yeah. Mostert. Although I guess we where are we at? We kind of thought that with uh the Michael Carter and James Robinson stuff too, the the last hurrah, and then it's like, is James Robinson maybe never gonna amount to anything with the Jets this year? I mean, is that either of them going to amount to anything? <laughs> I mean, that... I'm on Discord right now. I had to like, relearn my password today for some reason. And I'm getting the little, like, didoot every time someone, you know, the little notification, the sound. You need, what do you need? You need a Discord tutorial right now? Yeah, I need to figure out how to Okay, go it. down to your user settings. Yeah. I'm in user settings. There's a ton of options. What, what do I do? Now, now, if you would like... This tutorial, you, you should sign up for our premium YouTube right now so you can get in our Discord. And then you can also get this tutorial to mute the Discord. You know what I'd actually like? If I could maybe get you and Silva together as a client, Silva <laughs> tagged the entire ETR Discord. I just thought you might have a quick answer. Where the hell is now, it? Now, Ben, this, Notifications. This, is this is entirely unrelated to your inability to solve a, a technological issue. But on our 10K team, who did you want to keep and who did you want to cut? Could you just uh, could you just remind me? Message sounds. Was it Julio Jones? I have Jones disable all notification sounds. And was it Sky Moore that you wanted to cut? Oh. I don't think Gretch can multitask through this and <laughs> no. talk about Sky Moore no. right now. That's why I was that's why I was making it part of the show because there's no way I was multitasking through that. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I. Uh, in a, it's a 12 team standalone league, and I think I Sky know. Moore's I'm just calling you a boomer. Out. Yeah, I'm calling you a boomer as you can't figure out Discord. Yeah. <laughs> I will say Ben Silva. I mean, Ben and Silva are it co-managing an FFPC main event league this year. I'm starting to think Silva might be rubbing off on you, Ben. I mean, it's possible. The the text messages have been a blast. That team is crushing, by the way. Like it is absolutely the 10K? It's a, uh, we lost Brees Hall. Oh, you're no, no. now you're, you're not 27 overall <laughs> right now. It's a Nick Chubb team, you said, right? Nick third round Nick Chubb. Chubb team, Andrews, Lamar, Stack, Ramondre. Um, That's Silva hot. was very into uh, Tyler Lockett at Price, which was an, a nice ad. We got Waddle and Garrett Wilson. You know, shit, that is a nice team. My, it's a it's a that fun nice. team. It's a real fun team. That's real nice, man. Do you know what? Again, one <clears> thing that I've noticed um, too, and it happened obviously with my best ball teams last year. The team I drafted with Eric, we've had the dynamic happen with crack rock a couple years ago the idea of like coming together to do drafts when you 
see things ideologically different. And I think you can make a counter argument. Sometimes you water down your process and it doesn't work, but sometimes it does really come together in a good way where like the three of us are never drafting Nick Chubb, but you get together with Silva Silva. and draft Nick Chubb on a team where you meet in the middle. I'm like, he's a good value here. You do build really interesting teams that way. And and three times, I mean, there's no way I could, even argue, like talk him off of it. I remember it. a great. He's a great value at three ten. At yeah. three ten, and this team also has Lamb. By the way, this is a Lamb Andrews start, then Chubb, then the rest of that team. So like it, like it has legit I want, ceiling. I wonder if part of the magic of it is that you have to think of like a little bit more objectively. Like Nick Chubb in the third round, it was like an objectively good value. I feel like we all agreed on that, but we didn't. But he wasn't a fun click for us. So it's more like if someone's like, I love Nick Chubb here, and you're like, well. It seems like this will make you happy, and yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is for us this year when we tried to be objective, it resulted in a Najee Harris share, and that yeah, that's, that's true. The no, it also resulted in a Derrick Henry share. We got Derrick Henry. It did. It yeah. did. It's the it's other thing is like you're trying to get your exposures and things like that, and so I think in that spot we're probably thinking, like, yeah, I, I'm looking at the board right now. Right after Chubb, Allen Robinson, we wouldn't take him. But Mike Williams, Gabe Davis, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and then we took Waddle at 402. We leave that pocket with two of those receivers. We probably For go sure. Mike Williams, Waddle, or vice versa or whatever. Because we're right. like, we want to get a few more shares of Mike Williams and Waddle and stuff. Which is, you know, it's just not that we no, think yeah, Chubb I, was a bad pick. I mean, that's something I know yeah. on Stealing Banana, Sean and I talked about that. Once he was down in the late third, like, you could certainly justify taking Nick Chubb at this point. As like a talent-based pick. I mean, he's a really good football player, but uh, it's just not a pick that you know. You're right. I wouldn't have pulled the trigger on, but I, I wasn't going to stop Silver. From no, I would have. I mean, I would have been easily talked into Waddle, but it's like a situation. You know, it's Waddle would be a good pick there too, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's just harder to get to Chubb when we're all like, we'd prefer Waddle. We probably should do Chubb, but let's yeah. do Waddle. <laughs> let's <Yeah>. do. <laughs> Everyone uh, wants to know how our JJ Henry team is doing with Davis. It honestly should be doing so much better. That team has Amon Ross St. Brown, Justin Jefferson. If you guys want to know how it's going, we're losing to Tyler's team that auto drafted. That's that's how that team because we keep taking Amon Ross zeros. We take Amon Ross zeros. Yeah, it's the second year in the row where we've had just extremely talented players on the team. Last year we had the Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams, Eli Mitchell with Davis. Um, I still think you could just rip off some massive scores, but definitely underperforming right now. Yeah, that sucked. I mean, that's, it's a Lance team. Waller got hurt. Waller Drake London, has... Drake London and Traylon Burks. Like, our whole stretch, round four to round eight was Waller, Amon Ross St. Brown, good weeks, but also these – like, we're not getting paid off like we should. Drake London, Trey Lance, Traylon Burks were those five picks. Like, can we, brutal. can we vent? I mean, Darren Waller might be like as close as we have to like a league killer this year. Yeah, like, those Darren, and like, tight end sucks. I get it, but he somehow finds a way to kill us. Yeah, I know. Tight end's so bad. Tight end gets worse every year. And then it's also like the answer every year, every fucking year is just draft Travis Kelsey. <laughs> that was the yeah. answer. And it's like, no, he's old. He's too old. He's a year older. It's, it's not the answer this year. Yeah. I mean, and we knew that tight end was so weak. That was a big part of the excitement for Pitts and, and, and like how the tight ends could differentiate. But I mean, yeah, we should have got more exposure to Kelsey, more to Andrews. Yeah. yeah. What, what is Kelsey was so much cheaper than last year. <clears throat> Gretch, let's get a, a state of the Pitts union after his uh, big game on, on Sunday. Where are we at here? 
We're exactly where we were. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the exact same guy he was before. And and yep. all 80 of his yards, all of his catches came by their like 17th or 18th pass attempt, which is like a, a really semantical point. But like they ended up throwing 20. <laughs> that's usually when they're done. Yeah, that's usually when they're done, right? They ended up throwing 28 passes in this game, and I think the easy thing to look at the box score and go, oh, hey, they threw a little bit more in this game. They threw five passes in overtime. They weren't actually particularly good at throwing late, those extra ones that they added when it got a little frantic at the end there with Carolina. Um, that game shouldn't have gone to overtime if Carolina makes that extra point that extended one because the DJ Moore penalty, all that stuff. Um, but they added five extra you know, attempts in overtime. Pitts didn't catch a pass. Like, he was a part of the flow, the game plan early. He caught all of his passes early enough. His last catch was in the fourth quarter, and it was, I think, their 17th or 18th pass attempt. Like, he, it's the same thing. We were talking about how the Tarvis Pratt run was still strong, right? Even though he's not running a ton of routes, he can still splash a little bit. He has the high A dot. He hits a 33-yard catch. I mean, he's exact same. It's still, like, he could go back to going two catches for nine yards next week if they throw 15 passes again, right? Like, it's... And we knew Atlanta couldn't throw 13, 14 passes like they did the two prior games every game. Yeah. And this is the type of game that does – like they were only at like 17 or 18 in the fourth quarter, but they end up going to OT. They push up to right. 28. You know, you play that type of game, that happens. They were just so, – they were they were extremely run heavy last week. I think that minus 13% PROE or something. Um, they just – they ran a lot more plays than usual. I think they ran seven more plays than their their average – um something like that and yeah so it's like just, just this week more plays just this past week they had yeah like, well, they, they had played. like seven plays over their team average because of the because of the ot probably because right? the ot yeah yeah but my point is it's like their mix was was the same they're still extremely run right. heavy like you know like a minus seven percent proe is like very run heavy they were like double that so they're yeah. still i mean it is it is nice to see though for as bad is that passing offense is like the different outs that Kyle Pitts gives you. Like we finally saw some of the yards after catch this week, you know, we've seen him get used in the red zone. We know he can catch balls downfield and now we finally got to see him in the open field. It's like the fact that he's succeeding in this environment is still a miracle. Yeah. Something I would say that, I mean, I'm not going to take any victory laps on Pitts, but was sort of a, a, a minor point early on when London got the huge target shares early I was arguing at points that Pitts might still be like the one to London's two, right? We had that very specific discussion. You remember that, Pat? I remember you mm-hmm. You were kind of in on in on that as well. We talked through that a little bit. And I think it, oh, if you look at just like the last four or five weeks, I haven't actually pulled this, but that's what you'd find is that, that Pitts has been the guy that's been more of a focal point over that's, these last... That's, I wrote that in the walkthrough this week. Okay. Um, oh, So I said over the last... Two weeks, Pitts has arguably taken over as the number one option. In that span, London has seen four targets on first read throws. Pitts has seen nine. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, what plays are they calling, right? If he's the first read, I don't know. It's like kind of an indication. Which is like a a good and a bad. It's like a good and a bad. The bad part of it is, again, Atlanta's offense hasn't changed. They've just game plan to to throw to To Pitts Pitts a little bit more. That's right. Which is like. A little concerning. London has been completely dead over this period. Yeah. So if they just go, and we don't know what they're doing, like they th- that might have been very matchup based, right? They're calling specific plays to attack the specific defense. Next week it could be London, you know, that is getting a little bit more of that first read love. So it's all very fragile because they don't call any fucking passing plays. First four what games, do you get? London had a a thirty five a thirty five percent or point three five targets per route run. Pitts was 0.28. He was significantly ahead. Last four games. 
Pitts is at uh, 30 or, or 0.30 and London's down at 0.21. So it was London plus seven in terms of, you know, percentage points of, of targets earned per route. And now it's been Pitts plus nine. You know, it flipped right. from the first four games to the other four games. That's Let one of the things we question. did get right. This, Sorry, go ahead, Pete. No, no, no. I was just going to ask you because I, I bet this uh, this morning. What do you guys think Drake, uh, Drake London's receiving yards prop on underdog is this week? What's the line? Do you know it? Yeah, I bet it. 28. I wish. Uh, 30. 35. It's 39 and a half. Uh, most projection systems have him at least 45 or higher. I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm a glutton for a uh, punishment. So I'm, I'm betting Drake London and Marcus Mariota overs again here. Love it this week. Um, against the chargers. Uh, Pat, is this the about- game matchup wise? The chargers are still a run funnel, right? Are they going to be like negative 20? They're not a run funnel, but they're about to be. <laughs> like <laughs> they're playing the Falcons. <laughs> they're playing the Falcons, so the numbers are about to get super skewed. Yeah. So after this week, I'm gonna be like, "What they're about to yeah. be was a great quote." <laughs> no, for real though, because they their their defense is just bad. It's bad. They're like calling it like the Lions or something. Like they can't really stop anything. So it's really up to you. And we know what the Falcons want to do. <laughs> what about uh, T.J. Hawkinson? Is this a yay, a nay, or? Steady as she goes. Uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I didn't have a strong take on I it. I feel like, I don't know. I think maybe a yay. I think it might be a yay. Because the Amon Ross St. Brown is very good at what he does. Yep. But what he does isn't helping TJ Hawkinson, right? Like If you have a guy who gets open, he, I think his ADOT's like 5.5, Amon Ross St. Brown. You get open quickly in the, in the middle of the field, five yards downfield or whatever, how does that help a tight end? If you're Justin Jefferson and you're actually drawing defensive coverage downfield, like that should probably open up the middle of the field a little more for Hawkinson. So it's a similar situation. He's going to be a clear two, but well, I guess Thielen might have something to say about that, but I think Thielen's a little. Do we know that this is something I have no idea on, but we know that receivers changing teams sometimes need a little bit of time to get up to speed. We also know that tight ends take a little longer to develop in the NFL, which has been described before as, as being that they have more responsibilities in both the run and pass game, right? So they have more of the playbook to learn. Do we know if what the data is on tight ends changing teams? I, I guess my initial thought was like, it's going to be hmm. tough for him to be an immediate impact on a new team just anecdotally, but I don't really even have any anecdotes that I'm thinking of. It's just like, I, and I don't have any data to back that up. So I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Logically. I mean, and you could also point to the fact that Irv Smith was running like 60% of the routes. And so Hawkinson, cause tight ends, like they just don't draw targets that well. I mean, unless you're Kelsey or Andrews. Uh, so like you need the route, you need to run all the routes. And like if you're at 60, I mean, if you're in a wide receiver and you were at 60% of the routes, you wouldn't really be fantasy relevant. So it's just, it's tough because you need them to commit to Hawkinson in a way they never did to Smith, which I think they probably will like eventually because he's better. But, you know, for, let, let's say for like the next three or four weeks, I think he could easily be at like a 50%. It right. could be Noah Fant, right? He could be like Noah Fant yeah. and Johnny Muntz, Will Disley. And it's just yeah, a right. touchdown bet every week. 
Right. It seems like a neutral move at at worst, and if you have a team that's actually committed to featuring him more, which the Lions never seem to be. I mean, they had the one he had the one blow up game against the Seahawks where their hands were tied when they were down everybody, um, and he had the talent to take advantage of that opportunity. But if the Vikings like really want him and went out and got him, I mean, to me that's always an encouraging sign. <laughs> Same thing with the Jeff Wilson stuff. Like a team is showing intent when they go and get yeah. these guys. That has to I, be a good thing. I, and I think yeah, that's true. Part of your point there, and I think it's a a great one is sort of, or I mean, I don't know that this is a great point, but part of your point is um, where, what are we thinking of Hawkinson? What are we thinking he is? Because if you just look at his points per game, he's the tight end three in, in PPR yeah. or tight end four. If we look at his ADP, he was expected to be a top six tight end, but like you just described him the way that I would describe him, which is pretty disappointing all year, right? He has the 138 point game and everything else has been pretty crappy. If we're, if we're comparing it to the non blow up games and everything he's done this year, other than that one game, then I, I agree with you that there's probably upside. Cause it, it seems like he's wasn't going to get there with the lions other than that, you know, one explosion. Yeah. I, I guess the thing, the lions, you know, they might get the number one pick. So we could have been pretty excited next year. Now I'm just starting to think dynasty stuff, but it's like, Next year, maybe we would have gotten excited about this offense a little more than we will with the Vikings. But it, the Vikings, they traded for him with his fifth-year option already picked up. So they're on the hook for $9.4 million next year. And then presumably he's going to want a contract extension. So, And you traded enough for him that you probably are going to give him. So it, it, to your point on intent, Pete, like it's a, it's a decent commitment. Like it's, you know, they're yeah. going to have to pay this guy. Yep. Um, we're going to have our guys from Chip Chase Yacht Club joining us here in a little bit. Uh, as far as week nine waiver stuff going through, um, I would say a, an above average waiver wire week relative yeah. to some of the other weeks. We've For had sure. Jeff Wilson available in a lot of leagues, Deion Jackson with uh, you know stuff swirling with JT. Any any other interesting names for you guys this week? Hines is available in one of my leagues. That's obviously really? an interesting wow. one. Yeah. That Dobbins was available in one of our leagues. Yep. Dobbins is out there. There's definitely still some interesting names that are, you know, we, we've talked over the last couple of weeks that guys are getting cut, right? Like Elijah Moore was getting cut. I don't see him available in any league, but that, that I'm in. But what would you do with him, man? I'd probably throw him back at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if anyone he, added he might, him, he might like, be a cut like, <laughs> right now. Yeah. Who? Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that is the hard part with some of these, you know, you look at guys in Gretsch, I know you brought this up in one of our chats and I was feeling the same way. Like, you know, obviously you want to see the black box. What does Chase Claypool look like on the bears? But some of these guys like Elijah Moore, it's just, they're teetering on roster clogger territory where you're like, when are you ever going to feel comfortable starting them? It would take a yet, long it stretch. Feels bad to yeah. chuck them back as well. Yeah. Yeah. You might get one start out of Elijah Moore for the rest because you're going to need his routes to go back up, which might take like two or three weeks. Then you're going to need him to actually get targeted pretty well. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Could be five weeks from now where you're like, I think we're, I think I feel good. Let's start him. And then he's yeah. going to get you six points. This is I got a, a couple question. takes. Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. I was just going to hit this one real quick because it oh. is the game tomorrow. Uh, Matt Stone asking about Brevin Jordan in Houston tight end. So you have Nico Collins out. We have... Brandon Cooks, what looks to appear to be quiet quitting. 
He's yeah. questionable with this <laughs> slash personal reasons. Uh, yeah. I think he's just pit. Like he might just not play tomorrow. Like yeah. he just might say, I'm not fuck it. Um, as someone who played Chris Moore in DFS last week and took that bagel, uh, I'm not necessarily running to the wide receiver well there, but I guess the tight ends could be vaguely interesting. Well, it's tough. The targets are going to be available. Last week, Brevin Jordan ran 46%, a route yeah. on 46% of the dropbacks. Both OJ Howard and Jordan Akins were at 34%. Wait, Akins is with Houston right now, right? Or am I looking at this? I wrong? think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Carol <laughs> Brown is the guy that left and fair. Right. Okay. And then you have the week before Brevin Jordan was only at 38% and, and Akins was at 48 and led the team coming out of the pie. It looks like sort of like the Seattle situation. They're using these multiple tight ends. And last week when they had Collins out as well, they just jumped Philip Dorsett up to an 89% route rate. And I mean, yeah. they're just going to use and, and, uh, Chris Moore. You mentioned both those guys scored touchdowns. I, I made a little comment in the signals. Like those guys were wide receiver fours in 2019. They should be out of the league at this point, but that's where we're at with the Texans. But they're going to run out wide receiver fours from 2019. And like, that's who's going to run the routes and catch the passes, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I don't, and they, they've done this tight end by committee thing for a while. You know, and I know it's it's like a new head coach here, but it's the same offensive coordinator, right? Pep Hamilton was there last year as the OC, I think. So, yeah, um, Greg, sorry, I didn't uh, when I brought up the Texans tight ends. You said there were a couple interesting other names. Yeah, well, I, I said I had a couple takes. One was um, Chase Claypool. We have on one of our teams, and I was saying I feel like he's like cuttable which doesn't really jive with the fact that he just got traded for a second round pick and now becomes like the potential number one but is he that much better than darnell mooney and darnell mooney might be cuttable and now you have two of them and that might make them throw a little more but they don't protect fields particularly well i think they're going to continue to be an incredibly run heavy team like they're even more run heavy than the falcons like claypool moves up the totem pole by a lot by you know being like fourth in pittsburgh and first in chicago but Pittsburgh in, in Pickett's three full games has averaged over 50 dropbacks. And now you're going to a team that's going to average like 22 dropbacks. Like it's a massive shift. And I, I was just yeah. looking to, if you're kind of trying to think the long game, their playoff schedule is um, weeks 15 and 16 are brutal. They play the Eagles and then the bills. They do get the lions in week 17, which is obviously very juicy, but man, Eagles bills could be a disaster for that, that's that tough. passing game. Here's the so this is what I have on Claypool this week in the walkthrough. He's been double teamed on 29% of his routes. Uh, if you look at receivers of 200 plus routes run, he trails only DK Metcalf, Cooper Cup, CD Lamb, Devontae Adams, and Jamar Chase. Weird. So, like, yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. So, like, he is drawing, he's drawing coverage. So, it makes yeah. me feel like one, maybe he's better than we realize from a fantasy perspective, right? The defense is like thinks he's dangerous. And then two, or um, Darnell Mooney has not been drawing a lot of double teams, uh, 15% rate for him, which is pretty low. So it makes me feel like one, you know, again, maybe Claypool's like better than Mooney, like maybe significantly better than Mooney. Maybe that won't necessarily translate to a ton of fantasy production if all he's doing is drawing coverage, but it, maybe it's good for Mooney. If he draws coverage, maybe Mooney's open more now, or maybe, yeah, maybe this team is like, we think this guy's a like a potential star. We're going to build around. So I would definitely like to. I would wait and see. I would see how this. But like, are they going to throw enough? Because it, it it sounds like the Falcons throw enough two to really support one guy. Yeah. If if it funnels to one guy, I think maybe maybe yeah. they could because they throw a little more, right? They yeah. feel more confident, and it, and if it's funneling to one guy, so I would 
I would. Uh, I love these questions. Like, week. does it help Komet? I mean, pro- like, th- could anything hurt Komet? Probably. <laughs> like, just more vertical threats, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Fields, <laughs> who's that? Fields? Who? Who'd you say? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never heard of this man. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I mean. You're saying how how they think of Chase Claypool. I mean, this organization has been looking at Byron Pringle and Velas Jones. Chase Claypool is going to look like fucking Calvin Johnson oh, yeah. to them in this offense. They're just going to throw up. And, and Fields throws a good deep ball. He's going to have some long yeah. touchdowns. He's going to make some beast plays. It's just like, I, I guess I don't want to cut him. It's just like, when are you going to want to start him? Kate's right. I think they yeah, did want a better wide receiver to not throw Right. <laughs> The double right. coverage kind of points. So they they can acquit themselves and be like, no, we gave uh, Justin Fields weapons. Like, Do you we guys realize how good this is going to be for Justin Fields' scramble game? This is going to be elite. <laughs> that's They're going to double teaming Chase Claypool thirty yards from the line of scrimmage. Yes, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Fields going to be running all over the place. Um, do you guys have any Deion Jackson takes? I think I'm a little less bullish than you. I did we yeah, make the change, Ben? Uh, you were. We had one league, I think, where we have both Jeff Wilson and Deion Jackson. Available. I think these guys made a good case, Pete and the um Okay. The coach. You got sold. You sold me. I, I'm like uh yeah. gonna agree with the the last person who speaks on this. I think they're pretty close. I mean, I my my take on Deion Jackson is just one, he might get a spot start this week. Um, if they keep JT out. I mean, he re-aggravated the right. same ankle injury that cost him to miss two games earlier this season. He's your franchise runner. He's your best player. You're already looking to next year when you make the switch from Ryan to Ellinger. Like, to me, this has all kinds of JT multi-week absence, JT potential shutdown written all over it. And it's just like, Hines is gone. Deion Jackson caught a shit ton of balls. And you guys can get into the more of the advanced stuff there. But to me, this is like a keep it simple, stupid, like... He he served as a bell cow in those games, both Hines and JT were out, and now we could have that same situation play out again. I think their their coaching staff, their front office is concerned for their jobs. I don't think they're necessarily going to pack it up for this year. They are three, four, and one. I think that the quarterback change was actually more of like a desperation type thing to compete. Now, to be honest, I I, I do I. I, I'm concerned about JT, and I do think there's some, some, you know, some, some possible concern that he misses time. And I, I agree with you that Deion Jackson's a better start this week than Jeff Wilson, but I guess I'm not as concerned that they're going to shut Taylor down, especially because the the AFC South isn't good. The Titans are are two games ahead of them right now and have the tiebreaker, but the Titans aren't going to run away with this division. That's not a very good team. They've been winning games against bad teams. Um, they're going to stay close enough that they're going to want to continue to compete is my yeah. take. And then, and then, and Pat brought up like Matt Ryan was the quarterback. John Jackson was getting all those catches. Like that's, that's yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. The Ellinger stuff. I mean, they, they did go pretty run heavy. I was, I was disappointed with how run heavy they went. Um, they also, and maybe this helps Deion Jackson potentially. They, mm-hmm. they ran a lot more heavy personnel. I think they were, they were, like 10% higher in terms of their, their combined use of, of um, two tight end and two running back sets. So over their season average. So um, that's like, that was kind of disappointing because I was hoping for like Alec Pierce stuff and he wasn't, he, he didn't run all that many routes. Like I think it was around like 70% because he was kind of splitting time with Campbell. Uh, but I don't know, maybe the, maybe the heavy stuff actually is good for Deion Jackson. If, if, it, if it ends up being him. The other point you made that I liked, Pat, was that they can't even get the run game going with Jonathan Taylor. 
Like, yeah. And, and Deion Jackson's averaged 3.3 yards per carry so far. He's caught all 14 of his targets in, in his two games where he's gotten good run. He's caught a lot of balls. But, like, you're kind of just looking at a guy that's probably not going to run very efficiently on a bad offense if he's starting. It's not – it's still worth playing. <laughs> it's 2022 fantasy football, right? Like, we would still start him for sure if Taylor was out. Yeah. And the other thing, thing you threw, like, I'm thinking back to a few weeks ago with, you know, the Mike Boone – debates too first of all we're running out of weeks in the season you know it's week eight before the playoffs are starting you could potentially get a spot start and there's room for more and you could argue that he's going to have far less competition than even mike boone did um when he took over for the broncos so to me it's just like you know when, when you're going to spend your bullets in the chamber like we're we're running out of time oh here. i'm with you on that i yeah. guess it, for me it's just like wilson versus jackson i think is an interesting debate but if you only have one of them go get them Okay. Right. Get the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other take I was going to throw out at you guys, I was making this in, in one of our chats earlier is Terrace Marshall. I think we, as the sort of prospect lovers have a tendency because we are looking at a lot of the data and the larger trends to maybe move off guys quicker than, the community where like, I think like some of the boomers might be like, Oh yeah, Terrace Marshall, that guy, people were talking about him in dynasty last year. Like, yeah, he had a bad first year, but I'll give him a shot. And we're sitting there going guys who have had as bad of a, a first season as Terrace Marshall never come back and he's just done. So like we've completely written him off, but last year was considered one of the top prospects in the class for a lot of people. Pre-draft was the number two wide receiver in the class um, behind Olin Chase. Mm. Had a horrible efficiency year, but if you look at, I'm not sure he was really. I think most people have had like Waddle above him. I don't think. I think he was he was kind of in that mix with like yeah. Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, Bateman for, for, for most, some people. Yeah. I had yeah, Bateman yeah. ahead. I remember. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to call his house a negative thing because JJ's the man. But I remember uh, JJ Zacharyson and had him number two was one. There was a few that that really liked him. That was was pre draft, if I'm not mistaken. And if I'm wrong, for some reason you're listening to this, JJ. My apologies, but. And there were there were people that were very high on on, on Marshall, and rightfully so. His, I like his him. I like his prospects. Yeah, yeah, I liked him too. Um, he had a really really poor efficiency year in his rookie year. He didn't run a ton of routes, like two hundred and something, like a, a decent amount. That's not great either. That he didn't get on the field on a bad team. But the thing that I would argue is, you look at it the after the target efficiency, his yards per target, his touchdown rate, stuff like that. Everyone in Carolina's offense last year was horrible. Right. Robbie Anderson was historically bad. We were wanting to play him every week in DFS because he couldn't stay as inefficient. Remember, he was getting cheaper and cheaper, and everyone was just Martin Gilling Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore had like a seven point. He was in yards. two millimaker winners, wasn't he? Yeah, probably. <laughs> a couple weeks he went off. DJ Moore was at a seven point one yards per target, I think it was. This is one of the things I used to argue in favor of Moore this offseason because every other year of his career he was at 9.6, 8.7, 10.1. I mean, he's like a nine plus type yards per target true talent guy. He was down at seven. Uh, everyone else in the patch, Tommy Tremble ran their most routes or was targeted the most of their tight ends. He was at like a five yards per target. They were all horrible. I think they threw like 12 total pass touchdowns for the whole season or 14. It's an egregiously low number. I don't think we talked enough about this, but Carolina in 2021 was like the worst pass offenses in the pass offense in the NFL for like a number of years, 14 total pass touchdowns. So you consider that, and then also you consider that Marshall's actually been efficient so far this year. His yards per target is actually above average right now. He hasn't run a lot of routes. It's a very small sample. 
but 95 and 100 percent of the tar- of the routes the last two weeks since Robbie Anderson got traded. He's he's playing a ton, and he was a prospect that we liked. He was also 21 years old last year, really young prospect, just turned 22 in June. I mean, he had just turned 21 in June. He's one of those like real young 21 year olds last year when he had the really bad rookie year. I don't think this dude is definitely terrible. It could have been the situation that influenced him. And and he's playing a ton, so you get this, like, and, and he's been pretty good the last couple of weeks. You get this, uh, you know, he still is not on the radar a ton. You could probably add him fairly cheap, I think. And you get this, we're going to find out more because he's going to play the next couple of weeks more and more and more. If P.J. Walker keeps playing well, which, Pete, you made a great – or, Pat, or one of you made a point that he might turn into a, you know, a, a dud I think well. he's going to turn into a pumpkin again. You, yeah, he's, it was you. But you really can't – like – the, the Falcons are the matchup. Like, if you want to look like a competent NFL quarterback, play the Falcons. You know, I think I – so, look, if he looks good against the Bengals, then – and they're not like an elite defense or anything, but I'll, I'll be a lot more swayed. But, you're, I mean, to your point, maybe it's too late. Maybe Marshall's getting picked up this week and you got to – Right. We've added him thought. cheaply to some, to some bids, right? Yeah. We have. And maybe he'll go for 100 in some leagues. I've seen some that, other people uh, wanting to bid on him. Can you got to turn him back out. You got to be able to turn him back out. Right. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's at an 8.7 yards per target right now. Last couple of weeks has ran a lot of routes. Didn't do a lot in week seven. Week eight drew nine targets, had 87 yards, only four catches. But I mean, there's a little bit of life there. I think it's worth grabbing him, knowing he's going to play a lot over these next couple of weeks and seeing if that progresses. Because there's some potential that he was just a late bloomer. He was super young and is actually good. Like there was prospect stuff there's, that suggested he was chance. Good. Now, can I interest you in a, in a guy who uh, was also in a terrible situation last year and currently has 6.89 yards per hour. Uh, his teammate, Lovis Kishanol. Roll the clip. <laughs> All right. We're going to roll the clip and bring us. It's Ship Chase Yacht Club. Ship Chase Yacht Club in the house. Ship Chase Yacht Club. Lucky Lou Dog, Frankie, Serum. How are we doing tonight, guys? Good. How are you guys? Doing good. Hang on. Doing Look good. at this bucket hat. Look at Frankie Rock. This was a. Did you special request that, Frankie? I can't remember. Was that you? Yeah, it was during uh, the summer pool season, and uh, you didn't have one up there. And and I have one I always wear when I'm in the pool, and mine was kind of breaking, tearing apart. So I'm like, I'll see if you guys can uh, whip one up. So. You were able to. One of one. To, yeah, I think I sold one other one of them. That not not hotcakes uh, in the store. Although, do I need is to it, do like a a ship chasing shield fat head so you can take the divorcee over your shoulder down? Yeah, I'll definitely uh, change it out if you get something good for me. So I'm okay. open. I'll see what we could do. I'll see what we could do. Uh, Lou, how are we doing tonight? Good. I think a, a Pete Fathead would probably sell to some people out there. <laughs> you, you probably would, dude. <laughs> my, uh, probably not the people my, you want to buy it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. My in-laws, uh, they hadn't been over to our new house like since like really early on, and they were walking through. We were kind of giving them a tour, and I had my my Top Shot painting of the and, like. 
it was like that moment where they were like kind of looking at it and looking at me and we just kind of like all agreed not to talk about it or explain what that was. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if we need, uh, overs at fat heads, uh, Lawrence, AKA serum, you're broadcasting from a cabin in Canada. If I, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah. My, my home, I live in a log cabin up in Canada, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's good. It's good. Winter doesn't exist here. I grew up on the prairies where winter is like, minus 20 minus 30 celsius which is really really freaking cold so yeah, i moved to the west coast not too far north of gretch it's much nicer there you go little little uh pack nor meetup i mean i think that's what we need to get in the works here <laughs> um let's see so uh, so we drafted a slow main event team with this crew when did we kick it off was it early august for this one that was july, was july. Yeah. was it july Okay. We were, we were like the second one you guys did, I think. So it was like before you guys knew that the, the rooms were sharper. So it was really on. <laughs> we learned. We learned on the fly. Yeah, I was totally yeah, very gotta, hard. We got to so. warn for Mr. Ryan Bickmore. In the was chat this the one that ever, shade in this one. Was this the one that was like incredibly difficult the whole way through? Yeah, we all we all wanted digs at not at 11. Pete promised me we'd get them, and then we didn't. <laughs> And then uh sounds just, like you let like, that go, right, Frankie? Yeah. It went downhill <laughs> from there. So <laughs> I, I yeah, I will admit Diggs would have been better than uh Devontae Adams there for sure. That would have been nice. Then I think you're thinking of Shot Chaser, the one we did on live on stream. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Swift if you're watching Barkley back 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 then uh Barkley was going a lot later, but that hurts to look at in hindsight with the way Swift has been banged up. Yeah, so yeah, we are looking for AJ Brown to come to us too, but we ended up with Kittle. So that's right. Brown was going so late at this point, and we almost got yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace to the team that started Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Cam Akers. Although I'd probably go look at their record, and they're probably in like second place somehow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this this was the what draft. What team is it? I'm going to check now. The, I mean, check. Picks of the AR, I think they're top Kirk. five. Yeah, Damian Pierce, Joe Burrow, they're actually doing well. They're no. first. God, Wait, oh they're my god. <laughs> I knew it. What I was gonna talk about it? their shitty team and they're in fucking first place. <laughs> season. Every time. Every time. So we're five and three here. Right in the mix for the audio listeners, our draft, we started Devontae Adams, DeAndre Swift, George Kittle, Jalen Waddle, Juju, Elijah Moore, Wolf, uh, Kyler Murray, Sky Moore, Ramondre, Rondale, etc. How how are we how are we feeling about this team, Frankie? Because hey, Ina's in there. Don't don't etc. Ina. <laughs> I can't. I mean, last time I read off the entire draft board, I got in trouble. Okay, so I was trying to cut myself off. Frankie, are you still tilting this team? Are you happy with our five and three record? Oh, I'm definitely happy with our five and three record. I mean, we're like middle of the pack in points. Uh, there was a few picks we probably could have done a, a little bit differently. Uh, when we were we had the choice of Kyler versus uh, Hertz. And we took Kyler, mm. and then the two wide receivers went directly after that, and then we got stuck with Sky Moore. And I'd much rather have Ayuk or even Kirk. And then maybe if he would have taken Kyler, we could have got Hurts instead. But there was no uh, world in which we were taking Kirk over Sky Moore. So I, I guess yeah. Ayuk. We might have taken Ayuk. I think Ayuk we did want hurts. Ayuk. Ayuk Hurts is the possibility. I recall Ayuk being yeah. a snipe. It does go to show how thin the margins are too. Like you said, if we go there and then Kyler goes at, at to the team on the turn, and then we we were for sure taking Hurts if Kyler's off the board there. I mean, look and at look the, in the fifth, we could have got Amon yeah. Ra went one pick before right. us, and Gabe Davis and we get three Elijah picks Moore. before. 
Gabe Davis was a 311 or like a 309 by the end of draft season. He was there the fifth. Like Russell Gage went one pick after Elijah Moore. This looks like a fossil from another time. Like what 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 is this draft? <laughs> um yeah, so let's see. Let's take a look at our team. Our bids did process. You can see our bids here because uh, I haven't refreshed yet. We did a, a 220 bid on Deion Jackson, went after a defense, some tight end dust balls here. I mean, I do feel like this team, it really does kind of, I mean, Swift is like our big, you know, kind of swing player, right? On this team. Like mm -hmm. I feel, I guess you could say Devonte Adams too. Do we, do we have faith? He's going to get, get things going. I think with yeah. this team, it, it blows me away that like, there were some clear misses. Like this team feels like a grind for me that it's five and three. I think we're, we're middle of the pack, but I think we're like 50 points out of, out of the second points playoff spot and stuff. But it just feels like every week we're just at a grind and buy with this. There aren't waddles kind of a hit. Ramondre obviously has paid off, but this is a whole bunch of guys that like kind of performed at or below ADP or just like we're total whist with Elijah and we're just, we're just banging it out. So I kind of, I kind of dig it. It's like a gritty team. And I think there are guys that if they, like they can close strong, like if Swift can get healthy or if, if Devonte can get sorted, like the fact that we've gotten where we are without any of these guys really going off uh, is kind of heartening. Um, trying to be optimistic. I would also <laughs> note that we do have Greg Dulcich on this team. We do. <laughs> so we're good. Algier worked out for us when we started him. Yeah. We got to play Shakir one week. Like we've had a couple of spot starts that have worked out too. If you go back to our draft board, I'm looking at it in a different window now. And, and the way that you just described that, Lawrence, it, it gets back to, again, the receiver depth. We go Swift and Kittle in two and three, and then we take Kyler in seven. We take Stevenson in nine. We take two more running backs in that window. I know we were really excited early on about those Algier, Tier, and Davis Price types. Henderson's probably a guy that we got sniped on. I think we really wanted there. We were like, we got to get a few more of these running backs in this pocket. But as a result of all those non-receiver picks, you have Adams, you have the Waddle, Juju, Elijah pocket. Skies are five. Rondell's are six. And whoever's not on the screen there is our seven. I guess that's Gallup. But Elijah doesn't hit. Sky doesn't hit. And you're in a position where you have three viable receivers, not a position that we're really comfortable being in, right? Juju's only like, like has he hit? He's had a yeah. couple weeks. I would say he he's hasn't He's good versus zone. Yeah. But not for but Juju. Man, I heard. Like the last two weeks, he's <laughs> been really good, but that was versus zone. So I don't know like how many teams play zone or not, but. Holy cow, Frankie getting in the fucking weeds with defensive <laughs> concepts for our I have one home league, so I I know for sure that, that, that somebody said I think it was on the NBC show, I think, with Pat. So somebody said that. I don't remember who, but I think wow. yeah, I think Kyle might have said the uh it's so funny home leagues are like especially like I feel like people will dive deeper for a home oh, league yeah. than any other league. <laughs> Uh, I, Liam also mentions too. You also don't have any of the players who got injured last week, which a bunch of competing teams will. Mike Williams, Brees Hall. I mean, we talk about a lot of the different dynamics for you know what was the optimal draft strategy this year, and uh, staying healthy is obviously a, a huge one. And outside of like the Swift being banged up, you know, Adams being a little in and out here. I mean, we've stayed very healthy in that regard. It's so true with the health because like Brees Hall was maybe the best pick in fantasy football. Yeah, and then he tears his ACL. So it's like, it's tough because like that is exactly like you did it. You did 
what you were, or what we're all trying to do when you got Brees Hall. It's just, it's just pure shit luck that he then got yeah. hurt. So yeah, there's nothing worse than when you're right and it doesn't pay off. Like yeah, but it, it's right in like the best way. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst thing in fantasy just to like to 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 know that you were right and then it still didn't pay off because Hall the the entire thesis on Hall was right. The, the upside. I will, I will also say on our teams like we have some teams with better <clears throat> anchor RBs. We have some teams with maybe a little bit more depth, but this blend of like high upside with Swift and Ramondre, and then this zero RB room. I mean, Eno, Zamir White, Jarek McKinnon, Pacheco, Algier. That's about within reason about like my dream kind of running zero RB room, like heading down the stretch. Like there's a lot of upside in, in this crew here. What if I told you For that sure. it was Deion Jackson instead of Zamir White? Cause we did end up getting him. Did we, we got him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 220. Nice. The next closest bid was 158. So it was good that we pumped it up there at the end. So we, this was one of those teams where it's like, I didn't necessarily want to cut Zamir White, but we just like didn't yeah. really have a lot of cuts to make. I guess we could have, Faded the Donald Parham ad. Why did we add Donald Parham? Because we need. Yeah, we no we literally need a starter. We don't have a starter this week. We can go try uh, to get White again once we uh, oh, have our league so tight end back and, that... and we can start Dulcich. Well, I like, actually, I kind of dig that Donald Parham. T- could be. I, I missed this conversation, but I, I'm assuming it's because Mike Williams is out and they're so banged up at receiver and everything, right? Yeah, yeah it's we literally at the top just of the one dollar bids at the end, just because there's no pass catchers there and. I mean, realistically, with with what was on the wire, we're just hoping for a long catch or a touchdown or something. And he's a, he's a dude that has shown a ceiling, so he might yeah. be a bagel, but he could get a long touchdown, and then we're we're happy. Love it. They they used him like last year too, if I recall correctly, when they were using him, it was in red zone packages and stuff too. He got a, a couple looks down there. Um, do, 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 do. Um, let's see here. Let's uh, we do have some bids starting to roll in as usual. John Jackson went for six hundred in uh in G unit. Holy cow! Wow. What what was our bid on him? Two twenty here. In ours, yeah. We bid That's- around. I think we bid at most like four hundred. That okay. might have been on Jeff Wilson actually. So yeah, Dion Jackson. What were were we the two sixty nine bid here? This is our our buddy Jet uh going hard after. Yeah, we were probably two sixty nine here. Yep. That seems like that seems like a bid we would make. <laughs> <laughs> Terrace Marshall came in for 14 there. Uh, I mean, just anyone. Yeah, Terrace Marshall 14, Khalif Raymond 21, Foster Moreau 21, Zach Wilson 25, Casey Defense 38. We just did a little small ball, picked up Julio Jones, uh, got ourselves a kicker. We got JK Dobbins in uh slow bros. Let me pull that one up here. Um, Dob- this was the only league Dobbins was available in for us, right? Yeah. Uh, this is the second bid group, I think. Here we go. Uh, we did 258. Next closest bid, 47. Deion Jackson goes 176. So pretty wide range on Deion Jackson here. 176 to 600. Isaiah yeah, I guess Likely. We, we could have, because we, uh, we had Dobbins in on another bid. I think that 47 is our other bid group. <clears throat> so... If we had flipped it, if we had prioritized Jackson, we might have gotten them both, which is a bummer. Yeah, that's tough. That is tough. Um, let me see what else we got here. Uh, on our stat chasing team with Draco and Sam, we got a nice bid here, 213, next 181. That's uh, a Euros in that league. Th- I mean, Draco is yeah. in... Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. 
It's. I mean, this, this this kid lives in the United States, and they still give him euros. I mean, it's, it's vaguely racist on SNL. So the, the, the second one was Terrace Marshall at fifty three, and the runner up was fifty two. It was a close bid. This one two oh nine. Two oh nine. And then one. the next is one. To one. <laughs> one. Yeah. Wide range wow, on dude. him right now. Oh, we got Jeff Wilson in uh, which league is this? Shot Chaser. We got Jeff Wilson for four oh six. Next bid two fifty one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Was this? Yeah, Jeff Wilson, 406, 251, and then 251 for Dion. Were both of those bids ours? Was I'm the guessing or the they're probably both singing, singing star. star put okay. put both in at 251. Figured you'd yeah. get one of them. Yep. Caleb Huntley 120. DeAndre Carter 82. Um, definitely feel good about getting Jeff Wilson. This is of course is our Austin Eckler, Najee Harris uh team but we needed a spot start this week too so i don't know if wilson somebody bid 124 on terrace marshall there got beat 126 wow it's going for 14 in other leagues yeah Traylon burks got dropped in one of our leagues let's go go all right so here's our yacht club here so 220 next bid 158 i feel like that's a nice bid there um, and then there was not a lot else going yeah. on here. There wasn't a ton loose in this league. This one was, I remember going over and there wasn't a ton of, a ton of like position player guys, like the KC defense. I think that $13 bid that was next highest was us just cause they've got a nice run out schedule wise. So we, we bid a bit more than we normally would, but this wasn't outside of Deion Jackson. There wasn't much on the wire in this league. You got, you got Butker going for 35 as the third highest bid at Casey's D going for 21 as the fifth highest bid. And then right behind them, two more kickers. I mean, yeah. Or the top six ads or seven ads were kickers. I'm, I'm I'm surprised because like you said, serum, they're not being a lot here. You would think that that would inflate the Deion Deion Jackson bid more. And I think we thought we had, like we had him, I think in like, what was it, Frankie? Like eighty nine or ninety bucks or something yeah. like that, and then just sort of at the end had that conversation yeah, saying, "What are we saving our fab for?" Yeah, like, I, I, I came know, in. I don't even know if we're set up that he's starting this week for us. I don't think he probably works his way in. Maybe if Swift sits, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, maybe there over Algier or something. But but it was just one of those things where we got what we got four weeks left. We got a win to get in. You want to you want to give yourself as many options yep. and like Pete said, there were so many outs, but I was surprised that it didn't get higher because there really wasn't anything on the wire. The teams in our league have have put up three hundred dollars for like Latavius Murray and yeah. players like that. So I would have thought that there'd be a big bid. Yeah, maybe those um, guys don't have the money. <laughs> they're just out. <laughs> Seriously. Let's see here. Who? What other one have I not put up? Uh, let me see. Do I got Buckeye Boomers here? Uh, but th- this was this is probably I think we talked about it with them. The Buckeye Boomers is by far our toughest waiver wire as far yeah. as like yeah. who's available. This is how funny is this? You look at this big group and thinking this. Kenyon Drake goes for two sixty nine, and Justice Hill gets dropped for the KC defense. <laughs> like, like that that's wild to me. <laughs> By the yeah. same team or no? Different teams. No, no, no. Different teams, but it just kind of goes to show where team needs are and where that converges with actually like backfield right. value. Well, that was like, I think it was in the Discord. I think somebody had, had put something up. It might have even been you, Pete, just saying, you know, this is this is definitely a key week now and next week are key times to watch the wires because teams are getting to that desperate mode where they're just going to make moves to win this week. Because like if they don't win this week, they're they're toast. 
And so you might see guys shake loose that have no business shaking loose just because someone like, like the, our group, like the last two weeks, we've had these like epic back and forth about who we're going to cut. Uh, yeah. You just get to a point where you, you kind of like all your guys, you kind of see the path to all your guys, but you, you need to, you know, <laughs> you need to get Donald Parham because your other two tight ends are on by. Right. Yeah. So you see guys shake loose and it, it's an interesting time, especially if you're, you know, if you're, if you're a bit safer, if you're up there in points, you're up there in record and you're kind of looking with one eye towards the playoffs, like you might be able to get some guys that you have no business getting off the wire. Yeah. In that Buckeye boomers I mentioned, uh, Josh mentioned in the chat, Burks, Gainwell, Hubbard, all cut. You said that was a thin options and waivers, but we're going to have a few for next week. They don't all show up here, but Gainwell's there at the bottom. Yeah, but let they, me get the – uh... like to get – I mean, that's weird that Burks got cut. He was going for like two, 300 bucks two weeks ago, that's, and nothing's I mean, changed. It's 2022, man. That's crazy. Well, yeah. One thing's changed, Pat. He's like two weeks closer to being back. Yeah, exactly. He's like, more what are you doing? Well, Willis, I think they just don't expect to throw, maybe. Yeah, but Tannehill's going to be back eventually. Right. Right? Yeah, if Tannehill's not back, Tannehill's he's got... be back next week. He seems close. Yeah, limited practice today. I mean. What, you guys like don't want the Malik Wills experience? <laughs> one one second half pass attempt? You don't think that's going to get it done for, for our I don't think trailing? he's winning that job. I just don't see it. <laughs> I'm surprised Arthur Smith didn't. Uh... Didn't try to deal for him at the deadline. That's yeah. a great point. Oh my yeah. god, he probably loves him. Vrabel was probably watching Falcons game tape to get pumped for this Malik Willis start. He's like, "How do I pull this off?" <laughs> Isn't it weird? Um, like, there does there's like a group of coaches that I don't recall it being quite like this, where there's like the Bears, the Falcons, the Titans. They'll, they're like so much run heavier than the rest of the league. The, the Saints are kind of getting there. It's kind of crazy. Like they're they're playing a different brand. Yeah. Well, I think it's also. I mean, I think they realize that. Um, well, maybe, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I, I could see a scenario where they realize that they're outgunned, and so you just mm-hmm. try to minimize the variance, right? You try to minimize the number of of drives there are. You try to that way one mistake carries you that much further. Um, I, I don't know. I don't We're know. We're trying to maximize the variance because they're. Oh yeah, sorry. Maximize the variance. Yeah, like minim- yeah, yeah. minimize the actual impact of skill. Like, yeah, you got fewer. I think it was a couple weeks ago on on stealing bananas that that Sean kind of went on a riff about that about just these teams that are slowing it down. And and Ben, I think you were referencing sort of the number of drives year over year over year. And I think they're just trying to shrink it down, right? That if, if they know if they know that that's one thing they can do. Uh, and they know that fewer drives means that the the skill won't necessarily carry the day every time. It's not the worst way to go about it if you're if you're outmatched skill wise. I agree with that, but I also feel like it really bothers me that, that we hear about like all these you know <laughs> analytics and like should these guys be going for it in this situation or that situation, and like we spend all this time on that. But like the media lets coaches off the hook completely for playing for friendly mm-hmm. losses. If you play for mm-hmm. a friendly loss, no one gives you any crap. Like. Collinsworth on with the with the Packers who were literally playing to just lose by ten in that game. They're like, we don't care if we win this game. We just don't want to get embarrassed. He's like, this is the right strategy. This is the right strategy. You got to do this. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> you, you don't have enough time to win this game if you keep running the ball. Like that. I mean, Arthur Smith gave up against the Bengals. He straight up gave up. He wasn't running the ball. Bears gave up against the Packers. Like, I, to me, that's like, I, I don't know. That's like cowardly. Like, we should be giving these coaches shit for it, and no one. I mean, in the mainstream media and stuff, no one really does. It, that that does do. me about it. We do, but no one listens to we us. <laughs> Frankie, how, how is your uh, first FFPC main event 
experience go you because you won the crown for the the most tilting through any draft experience is, is it is it the good kind of tilt or is it the like i can't sleep at night kind of tilt no it, it's definitely better now i mean now that we're five and three we're in the we're in the mick of it you know we're, we're close so uh but yeah in the beginning like like i said it was early on so you weren't sure yet that the rooms were were turning a little bit so you know i was going in like oh yeah it's gonna be great we're gonna get digs we're gonna get all the people we want and then it just fucking changed, and we we got nobody. And then Nicky's just but, uh, he tilted our other team too, and we started <laughs> Diggs, Barkley, Allen, Amonra, and he was tilting that team too because we took Amonra <laughs> instead of Gabe Davis. But now, I mean, we're, what are we seven wow. one? So yeah, I mean, that so. team's working working out a lot better. But he was tilting. I guess I like to tilt. I don't know. I guess I'm a. Uh... <laughs> Frankie, Frankie, Frankie didn't tell. We've all been there. Well, we're just learning about <laughs> ourselves. We well, Frankie, you you thought the rooms were getting tougher, but you did agree to co-manage with us. Okay, <laughs> so I mean, cut on you too, right? Exactly. And you guys are you're giving out the bids. Who who? How much you're going? You got people watching that's in our leagues. I mean, it, it's tough scenes over here. So it's incredible. Anyone wants to well co-manage. There. Anyone wants to co-manage with us, as you as you just described it. Maybe I'll use that for our promo clip for our co-managing program next year. <laughs> yeah, this Rooting is the, the one where we rooms, realized that releasing the bids. Yeah, <laughs> we realized the dude in the nine hole that kept sniping us was uh, was a ship chaser, and so about yes. halfway through, we started. Every time it was coming up to him, and we were trying to figure out how to navigate it, we were asking Ben, like Ben, <laughs> just check Ben's. If ring. this were you, what would you do? It worked, it worked better for us down the back half of the draft. Just get inside of Gretch's ranks and you're good. Uh, Stephanie, yeah. uh, we'd definitely be down uh, to do a main event draft with you next year. It, uh, I already missed draft season. Draft season was uh, was very fun. I mean, there was so much hope. Every pick was going to hit. So I mean, Elijah hope. Moore looked like a star for this team. <laughs> this team was not thin at wide receiver. It was a lot more fun looking at these draft boards before any of the games were played. This is the next evolution to Gretch is like you start to create a dummy rankings list. Uh, you know, I was listening to, you know, there's the thing in sports betting now too, where, um, you know, I know it's happened to ETR, like the lines get shut down so quickly when they put out a prop bet. And so there's this thing called a head fake where everyone will collectively bet on the side you don't actually want to, then it'll move the market. And then you get the bigger bet down on the other side. Maybe what we need are some ship chasing head fakes. Maybe maybe Sky Moore was the head fake all along. He just didn't announce it. Uh, well, it, we, we we to be fair, we kind of shot on that head fake because we drafted him on all our teams. We got to get better on the head, head fake. Fakes. Yeah, we got to get better on the head fakes. Oh my goodness, um, Frankie, what about you? We have a lot of ah, oh, we missed on Sky Moore again. <laughs> Lou, what about you? Is this your first FFPC main event? Yeah, this is the first time I've done it as FFPC. And then I have other one with Frankie. What's that one called? Uh, the Football Guys. Football Guys. Football guys. Yeah, the, the $350 um, one. We're in like 150th or something in that. So That's it's awesome. we are, we're <laughs> set up to at least get through this round. I think we need probably one more win to clinch it. Um, but we we started real hot in that league because it was just Diggs and Allen, Amonra, like every week. Um, That's so, so it, it's kind of cool. And this one, as Lawrence was saying earlier, like we, we've grinded our way back into it. So it, it's nice mm -hmm. to be in it in both. Do you guys have any leagues that you're like one and seven or, or two and six? And ha what's sort of the vibes in those ones? 
the with Sean, the Sean's off. league, the, <laughs> the Penta league is also pretty in pretty rough shape, right? Yeah. I mean, um, we got a couple. Well, I can show you like this Sean team, like you look at it on paper and you would think it was like leading. Oh, it's <laughs> the, three and the five. Not, yeah. Not, so it's a, it, it lost wow. Brees Hall. So before the Brees Hall, it had ETN Walker and Brees Hall on Ooh. it. Of course, Kyle Pitts, but we had Gerald Everett there. Uh, the wide receivers were weaker, uh, but we had Wondell Robinson, Jamar Chase, Brandon Ayuk, wow. Chris Godwin. Like this team was, was going to be massive. We were able to get Tua on waivers. Um, but we lost Lance. We lost, lost Lance. Lance yeah. We lost, lost Lance. Chase as well in the, you know, for, for, for now, but yeah. It's been uh it's been clawing back after a very slow I know Sean was really bummed about Jahan Dotson as well. He was pretty excited about Dotson's start, and then you haven't had yeah. Dotson for, for a bunch of weeks. Uh Lou, share share uh share your screen on your guys' FBG team. Let's see this one. Let's see this draft board. Oh. Uh, or Frankie. Give it up, Frankie. I have the FFPC, yeah. It's I technically can... Frankie's account, so it might be mm. I can uh Wow, multi-account. How do I share screen on Click here? Click present at the bottom and then go to like tab. Go to share screen. Look at Gretch. Oh, wow. Not being able to send. Listen, I'm the tech guy right in here. Let me help him troubleshoot real quick. <laughs> Went out and totally redeemed himself. <laughs> oh. Okay, here we go. Or I think yeah, you're on our team right now. Yep, I am. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to take the pressure off you. I'm going to take the screen off. Let you <laughs> in the privacy of your own office here. We drafted this, what, uh, a I couple weeks after this FFPC team. It wasn't too far after. It looks, eh, it looks the same. It looks like the same team, Frankie. This team looks very <laughs> familiar to me. It looks like one I co-managed with you. Did I, did I pick the wrong one? Jesus Christ. Is it a different right. tab? Tab here. Yeah, I gotta go back. Right, Gretz will watch. Sierra, how many how many football guys did you do this year? Because you do a bunch too, right? Yeah, I did. I want, well, yeah, last year was the first year doing them because I won a bunch. I played a bunch of the thirty five dollar leagues and got got lucky. I think I think that was the Camara year, and I was heavy on Camara, and then just like nuked finals on a bunch of leagues and got a bunch of free entries. So I did six football guys this year. I got one with Frankie. I did one with uh, with Evan Essential, um, nice. and then I did just four solo. Uh, I dig them. Like they're a lot of fun. I, I just like the the process of it. Uh, it's been yeah. cool doing this one because like you get that that perspective of more people. But it's been cool doing it with Frankie too and, and with Evan. Even though we're kind of in the same community, we definitely have different player takes and different different approaches that way. Um, I know that <laughs> my and Evan's team has been so tilting. We went basically like punted QB and tight end, and it's been haunting us the whole time. Like there was uh -huh. one there was one week where we had five of four for four is top nine wide receivers and like the team went one and four and we mm. couldn't get out of our own way and it's like three tight ends always picking their own one but we're starting to come back i think we're 50 points out lost chase which which sucked but like i think it was like it was one of those teams where you love it but it's not it's not performing kind of like yours and sean's your sean team i think yeah. where you just look at it and you're just like why is this not doing better this should be doing so much better uh, but yeah. it's a blast. Like I, I love these tournaments. I love the the way they set up. I love that there's not the trading. That's one thing that tilts me in, in other leagues is mm. when, you know, there's always like two or three people they can get picked on, and then yeah, yeah. Well, one so, thing too, I tell myself like, we collectively draft so aggressively. You know, chasing youth, chasing upside, chasing breakouts, chasing late season 
breakout to have the hammer when the money is on the line. Like the flip side of that is you're going to have some teams burn out. You're going to have some teams whose upside isn't realized before you can get them to the dance. And that's kind of like <clears throat> the trade you make to ultimately build some of those super teams that you do sneak through there. Um, so I do think that's just always, I see people come like, you know, freaking out about their advance rates in best ball mania three. And I was like, what kind of players were you drafting? Were you drafting a lot of Deandre Hopkins? Were you drafting a lot of rookies? Like, were you like, what yeah. kind of teams were you drafting? What was your goal when you're doing that? I'm guessing your goal wasn't to have a sweet advance rate <laughs> in, in week eight. When I think the thing that's cool is like when you stick to your guns with that aggressive build, and this has worked out for me in a couple of teams that started really slow is if you're still making those decisions in week three, week four, week five, with an eye on upside and with an eye on being aggressive. Like I've had teams where I'm starting to close 50, 60 point gaps every week mm -hmm. come by weeks. Like mm -hmm. that, that team I mentioned with Evan, it's like, we couldn't get them out, out of our own way. I think we've been 160 or higher for the last three weeks, like 160, 170, 180, the last three weeks. And all of a sudden we went from like 10th in points and 12th in record. And now I think we're, we're one win out and 50 points out. And it's like, if you just stick to those guns and you, and you keep that, it's not always going to pan out, but you give yourself a way better shot when you feel dead three, four weeks in because of the fact that you keep adding that firepower and you're going to hit on some of them and you're going to, you're going to get the right run out. For sure. Um, this is a super fun team. Do you guys still have Tony on the roster? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Nice. Wait, what, Look at that. what so slot is it? From the 12, Diggs, Barkley, Josh Allen, Amon Rod, Juju, Godwin, Tony. Do you guys still have Gibson? Yeah. yeah. So we, that was the day he got shot. We were up and we were yeah. like, should we pick him? Or we like weren't sure if we should do it or not. Or the day that Robinson got when, shot. When Robinson know. got shot, it was on that like Drake London spot. It was right before, like hours before we were on the clock. Wow. That's we also have Brian though. <laughs> we got both of them. Oh, okay, so you got Brian gotcha. Robinson? Like we, we, yeah. he, we picked him up. How much did we bail? That was like 300, 250, yeah, that was 300. Somebody day. dropped him. So. And nice. Friar Fryermuth could come on real strong here yeah, with he's been good, yeah. and Tanyan's been okay. We, we, we got Taysom. We picked up Taysom so. for like a hundred bucks. You got Psyops by Davis into yeah, yeah. your fab on, on for sure. on into Taysom. making we, a good pickup. We didn't start on this <laughs> week either. We started. I didn't realize you were that. a Taysom slappy, Pat. I I'm not a Taysom <laughs> slappy, but for a hundred bucks, I mean, when we were yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. spend like three hundred on him or whatever. <laughs> I just need Taysom to be good this week. He's he's covering for Fryermuth and uh, Kittle on more rosters than I care to admit. Um, but yeah, this is this is a really fun fun team here. Uh, yeah, we're like six and one. We're first in points by like a hundred, so we should at least make the playoffs for sure. Hopefully, so nice. And you already got that Bills by now under your belt too, right? <laughs> yeah. What did you guys have a debate about Josh Allen that that stack? Obviously, you had two picks at the turn there but were yeah. you considering double tap Allen was pretty uh, easy i think we, we yeah. were pretty pretty good on him but the, the, the it was the round four amon versus gabe davis like i was and i like i said after gabe played on that thursday i was like damn we, we should have taken gabe that'd be awesome to have and amon repeated by point one in that week too <laughs> it was so close and then and then yeah amon has just been a stud so well, Frankie, you must have had best ball double stack brain going when you were, when <laughs> yeah. you were doing this. Bud. My thought right. was it wouldn't like, do you guys have many double stacks on your teams? I just felt like it didn't make as much sense in this managed version. We don't have a ton, do we? I, I'm trying I, to I think. I have a Herbert Keenan Allen, Mike Williams double stack. That I'm just loving right now. 
<laughs> Do we, we have, have an Eckler, Mike Nuke, Williams, Herbert? Yeah, we have yeah. that, I think. Although yeah. I don't know if we have Nuke on that one. Um, we weren't going out we, of our way to do that. We have a cut. Sure. We have like the Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore double, but we didn't add Zach Wilson. We kind of did that. Well, we, we had, had uh, we had Rondale, you know, Kyler on that's ice, true, which is like a, right. We almost did Kittle double. or Waller there in that spot too. We were debating with the Ted and mm-hmm. Premium, uh, but I think at that time you guys were all pretty high on Amonra, so that's why I think we ended up going with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 37, it was still a little early there, I think. But, I mean, I, yeah. I, he definitely rose up the, the draft boards later on. So, this was a, a team we drafted later. So that That's one, too, I, I regret on. Like, I was, you know, with, with best ball stuff, too, I was pretty smoothed out with my exposures. But I was just, like, never – I think I have, like, two Josh Allen shares. Um, and it's not like you want to make a habit of hammering quarterback in the third, but sprinkling them <clears> in, <throat> in these in these spots here, too. Because – you do look at this thing. I guess it would have been probably hard for me to pass on Waddle here, just being like very honest with what the board was. But having that tiebreaker there with digs, you know it frees you up. Like you can do the thing, and we talked about this a lot in draft season where it's like, we know we like Kadarius Tony in the seventh, and let's just forget what he's done so far. But it frees you up if you start to do two V twos of like, hey, we're gonna take uh, you know, Kyler Murray there. And then you can start to do that of like, oh, Jalen Waddle and Kyler versus Josh Allen and Kadarius Tony. Like if you have those set up, I think it makes a lot of sense to to make those detours when you really like a guy. And I I think this is a really great example of I mean, we we know conceptually what stacks are and what they do, but like when you make the bet on digs, like this is why you guys took him, right? You like yeah. you made the bet on digs. The bet on digs has hit more like 2020 than it did in 2021, whereas his efficiency was was down. He's been incredible in 2022. If you really, like, there are outcomes where Diggs really hits, and if, if Diggs really hits, and, and a lot of those outcomes, what, like we've seen, you would want Allen there, right? Like, it it, it makes it, like, we, I think sometimes when we talk about stacks or we think about stacks, we're like, yeah, I mean, we don't have to stack this guy up, this and that, but Allen's the kind of player where he's going to do enough other stuff. If you're right on Diggs there, in the first round, I mean, you're probably going to want Allen. You're probably going to want that stack. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. Like this week, we were going into Monday night, and we were down like 36 points or something like that, and we had Allen and Diggs left. And it just it also feels a lot nicer when you have that stack going into the last game and they don't have anyone left to play. Yeah, oh, you're, sure. you're down by 36, and they are sweating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, fuck. <laughs> I lost, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Diggs was our for sure pick after getting sniped on him in our main <laughs> yeah. event. We were like, once it came to him, we're like, we're for sure taking him. And then we were like, Saquon can't or go Swift, Swift again. Yeah, yeah, we're like, let's let's switch it up to, to Saquon. So th- th- those two picks were were pretty easy. So, but I was thrilled in the fifth six to get Juju Godwin like like <laughs> laughing to us then, like when you see some of the the wide receivers that went in the fifth like Thomas Cooks. So you're stuff saying like that. if if we took Diggs in the main. You guys would have talked this into Allen instead of George Kittle, and our team would be awesome. Yep. <laughs> That's what you're telling us? Probably. All right. <laughs> Too bad you we would have picked up Dulce Self waivers and would have been uh, <laughs> uh, Frankie and Lou, do you guys have a co manager program we could join? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Hit us up next season. So, yeah. Uh, well, well, very good Draft stuff. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this team that we have. I mean, if we can get 
DeAndre Swift and Adams kind of accessing the ceiling regularly that we know they can hit. Um, it, this team can definitely make some noise down the stretch. Uh, we made it this any, far. We made it this far without like a huge blow up from any of our other than Waddle. There's definitely firepower on this team. I mean, Juju, we talked about how he hasn't been great, but the last two games before the bye were really promising. He could hit. Waddle obviously has been, I think Waddle's been the hit on this team. Waddle, yeah, Waddle, yeah, yeah. Waddle's in, awesome. in that He's range in the fourth, there has not been yeah. a lot of great. I mean, that 3-4 turn, Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson, Cortland Sutton, those guys have all missed, right? Well, Waddle. let's talk about Ramondre. Ramondre's been oh, yeah. the biggest oh, yeah. hit. Yeah. Tossed Ramondre, yeah. baby. I think we yeah. got him like in the eighth or ninth. Like we, this is before he started climbing too. This was early yeah. enough in July that he was still viewed as like maybe behind Damian Harris, and it was kind of murky. And that was like the one pick that like we were hoping a guy lasted, and he did. And then, we got him in the like, ninth. Was, like, we took him one spot ahead of Damian Pierce. Isn't that <laughs> funny? His ninth round. That is so nice there on Ramondre. Would you rather Everybody have Ramondre or Damian Pierce going forward right now? Honestly, Ramondre. Ramondre. I, think I would Ramondre. Too. Yeah. Pat, the one the one I've I remembered where you and I had a little disagreement on a live draft was Ramondre Pollard. And I wanted Pollard I remember that. our drafts. And I was like, this will be our only shot to get a Pollard share. And it's looked pretty clearly like Ramondre. And then obviously Pollard has the big game. I think they've both like the answer has been that they've both been, I think, pretty good. Yeah, picks. the answer was both. Yeah. But that yeah. was so this that one... was taking Ramondre. Look at where Pollard is in this. That's why I bring it up. Like, yeah, you guys were talking about how good the value 911 was for Ramondre. I mean, we got a but... two and a half rounds after Pollard at the spot. I don't even think it's close, though. If you say right now, who do you want rest of season, Ramondre Pollard? I don't even think it's close. You want Ramondre, mm-hmm. but if but Pollard could beat him pretty easily, and it's and it's literally he just plays. That's yeah. it. It's like he literally, literally just that's a, play that's a, that, It's like saying, would you rather have Rashad White or letter or uh, Ramondre Stevenson? Like, yeah, if yeah Rashad White yeah. just played. Then yeah, but there's a big fat thing in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any any final words here, Frankie? Plug the pasta house. Fucking plug the pasta house, Frankie. Best pasta house in St. Louis. You got to come to to Afton, Missouri. So that's where we're at. We're a franchise. Is Davis so- still ghosting you? Has Davis ever been to the pasta house? So in the in the NGMI Discord, he said he's only like two miles away from us, and I've still never wow. seen him up there. So I don't know if he goes days I'm not there or. I know he does a lot of like postmates and stuff, so who knows? But I mean, two miles—you think I'd see him one time? Yeah. You, know, you just—you just need a taste of hill appreciation at the pasta house. Yeah, there you that. go, dude. This is absolute bullshit. I'm talking. I didn't realize he was two miles from That's what there. He said you in the Discord, I was shocked. Yeah, Frankie, this is what I need you to do. I'm gonna pay for this. This is gonna be on me. I want you to set up a candlelit dinner for Davis and his new wife. Uh, I'm going to pay for the entire meal. I want you to get a photograph. I want you to wine them and dine them at the restaurant. I mean, can we just make this happen? Yeah, I'm there every Wednesday and Saturday nights usually, so I'm sure nights are better for him. So we just got to get to him. So. All right. I already sent him a vacuum cleaner on his uh, his registry, <laughs> but I'm willing to buy him uh, a nice dinner out just for the content equity. But I have to get a photo out of this and a, a sponsorship for the uh, the pasta house. Thank you. I appreciate it. We need all the business we can get, so we'll take it. There you go. Serum, do you want to plug? Is there like a, I don't know, um, a tree cutting business up there? I mean, what's logging company? No, man. No, nothing to plug. Nothing to plug. Just work, work and raising kids. Fantasy right. football for five months of the year. I got you. Uh, Lou, what's going on at, at Lucky Trader? We, we talking gobblers? 
talking rainmakers. Oh man, you want- yeah, I haven't done anything with the gobblers. Uh, yeah, I'm still doing. I do a couple of videos a week on uh, rainmaker stuff right now. They're about halfway through season, um, and just general NFT stuff. They're still NFTs are still going on. People still talking about them, so we're still covering them. And you talked to Kalish about my pack. Did you see the pack I opened last night on Club? Oh, Club yeah. List? That was probably the worst pack I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yes, you guys hear about this? No. So it, I min, my min cashed in the spy this week on DraftKings, and they, like, undercut the prize pool and, like, only did 1.5x min caches. And then the normal spot that they did, like, the full, like, 2x min cache, they gave Rainmakers packs. So that's what I won for like essentially bubbling the min cash line. So I opened it last night on Club Top Shot and you got like four commons or whatever regular cards. And then there was one rare card and that's where you're trying to make your money. And so yeah. I get to it. It's a fucking Mitch Trubisky rare. <laughs> <laughs> I was down I so bad. I was down so bad. Lou, what I mean, did you say the market? A couple of weeks that was usable. Yeah. <laughs> 2017. <laughs> oh my goodness. The days of long pass. Uh Crane, anything? Are you going uh are you going back into the studio this Friday? Is that a regular thing for you now? Yeah, I've been I've been going up uh I'll be up Friday. Yep. That's um it's been every Friday for the last few weeks. I was up Monday actually as well. Me and Lawrence Jackson were on the show on uh Fantasy Football Happy Hour did a segment um but yeah be back on friday check out the walkthrough on rotorworld.com you got big Uh, big pressure pat because the blurb we featured in the fantasy life newsletter was your jalen hurts aj brown couldn't have been more accurate i mean we talk about being right for the right reasons like could not have more i mean nostradamus over here (laughs) it is i did feel good about that i selected because the walkthrough is like about like a 35 page research paper so i did i took like the (laughs) The four fucking paragraphs that made me look the best. So that was nice. It was a nice, nice stuff. Well, you picked up in advance. You didn't pick up that made you look the best after. Like, yeah. right? Yeah, I picked yeah. it. I picked it on Friday. Yeah, you nailed the right four paragraphs to choose. Is what you're saying. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. what a perfect breakdown of how that was going to play out. That was beautiful. I mean, I'm having a grudge and slept since the weekend. Like that's that was like I think yeah, I said we, Discord. We it was Mary Christmas. To... It was like that was your, that was your time. It was exciting. that was the peak. Well, for me, the, the strategy here is not just, you know, get something right, put, put it in the newsletter, but also pick something that is going to make Gretch extremely happy so that then he'll <laughs> promote the win so that I don't have to toot my own horn here. <laughs> hey, it's right. about AJ Brown, man. Auto retweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gretch, anything else going on in uh, your neck of the woods? Of course, stealing signals, stealing lines. Stealing bananas. No, I mean, I just want to talk more about how AJ Brown is the best receiver of this or any generation. Um, generation. To promote. I mean, can can we just have the Texans miraculously put up a fight tomorrow so they just have to play four quarters? I mean, can you imagine the Eagles' numbers if they had to play more than two quarters a week? I mean, it would be very fun. It would be beautiful. They might play. I got one plug. I got I got a plug stealing lines for one specific play that I like blindly tailed and while i was making the bets i was like this is the dumbest waste of money i've ever done in my life and i think i made like 500 bucks off of it all right it was dalton posted pj walker and dj moore ladders like alt lines up to like plus 1400 and when that when that bomb caught 
DJ Moore broke the top alt by 10 yards and PJ Walker broke his top alt by like three. And it was just oh like, my God. doubled off. my role. It was amazing. So, so wow. everyone subscribed to Stealing Lines every now and again. Like it paid my subscription like five times over. Dalton is really, I mean, there is a little bit of, uh, you know, the, the longer shots. And, and I've heard some feedback that people don't love the, you know, sometimes you're going to miss on those a lot. They're all fractional. A lot of them are fractional bets. We're doing a lot of normal, you know, prop bets and i do all the game picks and stuff but um dalton is like part of the reason i brought him in he's been very good at, at these long shots he's been crushing them again this year we had a monster oh week. yeah we monster not just those ones but he's hit i mean he knows how to pick those out he's good at them. he tagged me like when, when he puts those ladders it's like it's one and four that they hit like it, it's been it's been wild this season because you're yeah. getting 10x 15x value on the bets but he's hitting them like 20 percent 15 percent of the time like you said a couple of the um most you know the the, the weak leader uh yardage props mm-hmm. as well a couple big ones just wait till you i've started he's he's been tagging <laughs> me now because he'll get tagged in like geno smith mvp stuff the yeah. one that originated the, <laughs> that's the, the, worst, the idea that's, of the that's, show that's the bet that anyone who plays that bet was like i'm wasting my money i was <laughs> like i don't care how long of a shot that was that was ridiculous I Arthur mean, smith I'm t- coach of the year has words for that one though that that was the worst. That's where that's where I thought lost me was Arthur Smith coach of the year. I because you just can't root for that. I mean, who can no, really no. root for that? No. I didn't I didn't get that one. Um, all right, guys. Very fun show. Come hang out with us in the Discord, become YouTube members, get you access to stat chasing live on Tuesday nights. Make sure you check out that episode posted yesterday if you have not. Appreciate all you guys. Uh, Shout out to Frankie, Lou, and Serum for joining us. We will keep you updated on these teams. For Pat, for Gretch, I'm Pete. We'll see you guys next week.